0: It's my belief that whoever first thought of the phrase death warmed up was referring to Harker because nothing stays dead here. Even the things you wish would. They just get buried and writhe around under the muddy surface, continuing to decompose, but never fully resting. But that's only if you're very lucky. If you're not, well, I'd only been back in that tiny town, in this tiny house six months before he died but like I said nothing stays dead in Harker but I'm getting ahead of myself let me take you back to the beginning back to the search for John Smith okay he's back again he's been here the last three days in a row which is really weird for him he usually comes in on Tuesdays or Wednesdays in the middle of the day and only for a few minutes to pick up reserved books. But lately, okay, I don't know, it's just weird. The bags under his eyes are getting darker and he's not reserving books anymore. Just walking in every day and going to the back of the library. The only things back there are the Georgia history books and the records room, but that's always locked and he hasn't asked for a key yet. So what could he be doing?
1: Jory? Oh, earth?
0: He came in two hours ago, but we're about to close the library down. It's been three days since my last voice memo, and he's been in every single day, like clockwork. I followed him to the back of the library yesterday, you know, just to see what he'd been doing. He made a beeline for the records room and let himself in. Is he a government worker? He looks way too scruffy to be, but I guess it's possible. If that's the case, he really needs a haircut. Oh, hang on. Hi, are you ready to check out?
2: Uh, Yeah.
0: Awesome, let's see. Uh, Library card, please. Oh, book on soil. Are you a gardener?
2: Sure, sometimes.
0: I tried keeping a garden once. Only the black eyed Susan survived. I've got a black thumb, if anything. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, all right, you're set. It's John, right?
2: Y- yeah,
1: John. John Smith. What's what's your name again? I don't think I've ever caught it. <laughs> Jane Doe. What? Oh, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not joking. Like, my, my name is actually John Smith. Oh, uh, oh, oh my God, I'm mortified.
0: My, my name's Jory, actually.
1: <laughs> you're good. Always a pleasure, Jory.
0: That was the last time I saw John at the library. A week later, he was reported missing.
1: Exploring the search of one missing person, the remnants of corrupted reputation, and the darkness of our hometowns, this is That Creepy Podcast. I might have found something.
2: Better hide it then. Time's up. You have company.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: It's 9pm, mid-June, and this is the first time I'm sitting down to tell this story. My name is Jory Bradford. I'm a librarian living and working in a small town outside of Atlanta, Georgia. It's quiet, unpretentious, and always hot as hell in the warm months. And old. Like, really old. Between the small population and their agreement that change is evil, sometimes it feels like if I looked hard enough, I could see Sherman's tracks. The town is protected by a thick, wild forest, like the forests of Georgia always are. I decided in high school, it was the forest that gave Parker the feeling of being separated from the other fingers of the city. This project was originally started to document something important to me, a new personal obsession you could say, the disappearance of John Smith. John Smith was someone I noticed frequenting my library ever since my move back to town in January. He was quiet and considerate and always said, Please and thank you. His reservations were usually made up of books on physics to world history, biographies, classic literature, anything academic, really. The type of person one was easily friendly with, although not necessarily a friend of. But a few weeks ago, things shifted. The books he reserved became darker, the combinations completely incoherent. I remember one time he reserved a book on cryogenic engineering paired with the autobiography Member of the Family, which chronicles one individual's time in the Mason cult. A combination that piqued my interest and a definite change from his usual academic literature. That was the first red flag. Then he stopped reserving books. He came in for hours at a time and wandered around with a lost look in his eye. One day he was fine, then the next... His soul was slipping. The only word that comes to mind is defeat. Like, an animal who knew his time was up and was just buying it now. That was the second red flag. Then he stopped coming in altogether. He was shortly after declared a missing person. The local police and sheriff kept up the search for about a week before declaring it and him a lost cause. No family, they said. No more leads, they claimed. That was the nail in the proverbial coffin. But even if this tired town had given up, I just couldn't.
1: This town hasn't had a missing person case in over 20 years. The John Smith case is tragic, sure, but it's definitely an outlier. I wouldn't judge the law enforcement of Harker by this.
0: That's Sheriff Davidson, head of Harker's law enforcement. Harker's small size means it's tiny police force and sheriff's department have a symbiotic relationship. So is this you admitting to your team being ill-equipped for this scale investigation or are you saying you could have tried harder?
1: Neither, Miss Bradford. We did all we could with what we had and performed a thorough investigation. The man had no family, very few records. It was an impossible task without a miracle lead and that miracle lead just didn't happen.
0: Mind if I read you something? Sure. Okay, uh, this is a quote. Sheriff Davidson put maybe 20 hours into the search for Mr. Smith, using most of that time to form search parties. I don't think he interviewed a single suspect. This situation is worrying enough in a city of hundreds of thousands, but it's distressing in a town of a few thousand. If you ask me, we should have called in a higher law enforcement authority, like the GBI.
2: Who the hell said that?
0: Your daughter, Mr. Davidson. I paid her a visit at the Parks Department yesterday.
1: I don't care what you or any other person thinks, we did all we could. And I doubt with your privileged background and young age, Miss Bradford, you could have done half that. You are deeply unqualified to be asking these questions, and I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Turn that thing off.
0: So, that went well. That's my friend, Dora Stevens. We met at Oakland House, where she's head of a prestigious paranormal department virtually the only thing that puts Harker on the map and brings in any tourism. Oakland House is an 18th-century mansion in the heart of town, about two blocks from the main government building. Dora once told me it was home to over 700 spirits of varying types. It's massive and lavishly furnished with deep wood tones and hardwood floors, which complain loudly with every step. The kind of place with random cold spots that cause the hair on the back of your neck to stand up. And Dora, with her black dresses, ever-present antique brooch and snow-white skin— Fits right in. She agreed to help me with this investigation so I don't hurt myself. Her words, not mine. He wasn't happy, that's for sure. He hustled me out of the station way faster than he ever has in the past. He's not gonna be agreeing to another interview anytime soon, that's for sure.
1: So I just lost my law enforcement contact and our job just got way harder. Uh, Okay, so I may actually have someone. He's a real stickler for the rules, but he may actually be more help than Sheriff Davidson was.
0: That's great, but why are you just bringing
1: him up now? I told you I didn't want to work with the sheriff in the first place. Okay, he's not exactly an open and fun kind of guy. I didn't see you two getting along, so please don't do your usual thing. At, f- at first, anyway. Hey, I resent that. What do you mean by usual thing? Oh, please. Your whole... I want to know everything about everyone, and I want everybody to be my best friend thing. It won't work on him. Trust me. We'll see. Just watch. He's gonna be my friend,
0: and he's gonna like it.
1: (laughs) Okay, but don't say I didn't warn you. Look, I have to get ready for a tour, but meet me back here tonight, and we'll try to trap him. Excellent. I love your traps. You're the best door bear. Mm-hmm. I spent the next
0: few hours at the coffee shop next door to Oakland House ready to dive deep into the recesses of the internet. I opened a fresh notebook. A gesture of hope. I quickly found out that if you search the name John Smith you get about a billion search hits. Mostly on the English Explorer, so my efforts were fruitless. The notebook remained empty. After the sun dipped below the horizon, I headed back to Oakland House.
1: Alright, is the zoom on? Uh, yeah. Just heard the library door open. He should be coming around the corner in three,
0: two, one. Dora made a sweeping gesture with her hand toward the large hallway right as a man walked through. He was tall, with dark brown hair, neatly pressed slacks, and a white button-up. He looked to maybe be in his 30s and may have been handsome if it weren't for his rigid demeanor. I had never seen him before. His clothes said I've never left a toothpaste stain in my sink, while his face and body language was that of annoyance. I realized as he walked past us to the door that the latter was because of us. He gave us nothing more than a stiff nod.
2: Dora, you left the door locked again.
1: Ooh, whoops. Apologies, Lawrence. What can I say? I'm a poor woman working alone most of the time. It's just habit now. I think I left the key in the library. Give me a sec, I'll run and get it for you.
2: Jesus. Okay, be quick.
1: You got it. Uh, this is my friend Jory, by the way. Hi, I'm Jory. so how do you know Dora?
2: There's really no need for that. No need for what? Small talk. I doubt we'll see each other again, so no need to strain yourself.
0: Wow, someone has a bad attitude tonight. Actually, I have a
2: question. No, thank you.
0: So I'm working on documenting a, uh, let's call it an investigation. Dora told me earlier today that you work in law enforcement?
2: Like one of those true crime podcasts? The handheld recording device makes sense now. You really should ask people if you can record them beforehand.
0: That's a good point, but you didn't answer my question.
2: <sighs> I worked in law enforcement. Special crimes with the New Orleans Police Department. But that was a while ago. Now I'm just a historian here. I definitely won't be of any help, sorry. Okay,
0: no, 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 wait. I just need someone to bounce stuff off of and maybe occasionally tell me if my ideas will get me arrested or killed. Uh,
2: Excuse me? Who... what are you again?
0: Joy Bradford. I'm a librarian.
2: And what exactly do you need?
0: Well, uh, right now I just need someone to help me get access to someone's record so I can get their address. I'm not the sheriff's favorite person, so I need a middleman.
2: Let me guess... You're also looking for John Smith.
0: Hmm. You're good.
2: That's a terrible idea. His house will be closed for investigation, and you're not qualified for a missing persons case.
0: Please. Look, I know we're strangers, but I have my reasons, and they're good. I promise. Lawrence ran his hands through his hair and looked down the hallway nervously. He was obviously hoping for Dora to come skipping down the dark haunted hallway and save him. No such thing happened. Although, if you listened closely, you could hear soft giggling coming from behind one of the heavy wooden doors.
2: I actually already know where his house is. It's definitely closed off, not to mention a private residence. But I can take you there tomorrow to talk to the cops. But then I'm out. No more help for me.
0: Deal. But I have work tomorrow, so it'll have to be Wednesday. (sighs) Lawrence grunted his confirmation. Two days later, we arrive at John's house.
2: Sir, ma'am, this is a closed
0: crime scene. I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. Oh my god.
1: podcast is a bi-weekly podcast produced and written by theodora edited by seth johnson music by theodora special thanks to voice actors katie collier joseph teagle nathaniel curtis matthew harper amy collier and emily black find us on instagram at that and thanks again for listening we'll see you next time